Are you tired of ticket fees? Pay the price for your ticket that is advertised and not a penny more. Go to TickSplits.com. That's T-I-X-B-L-I-T-Z.com. Fantastic prices on all sports and concert tickets. Guaranteed seats, no fees. TickSplits.com. That's T-I-X-B-L-I-T-Z.com. Tech, how are you, sir? Double A. Good evening. I'm doing well. I hope you're uh, you're well down in the Chicagoland area. I'm uh, kind of safe, uh, quote unquote, up in Wisconsin. Um, in fact, the uh, county I live in, it's a little county called Green County, which is uh, right about uh, on the Illinois border, about midway through the state. Uh, last week recorded their first COVID death, just one in the entire county. So uh, knock on wood, I'm blessed that, uh, that I live uh, a little bit removed from, from uh, the uh, ravages of this pandemic, but uh, life goes on and, and uh, states are opening. Uh, there have been some spikes uh, in, in COVID cases uh, jumping up uh, as states have tried to reopen. So uh, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what goes on. So uh, it's great to be back for another episode. Uh, we've got a, a great a great guest coming on. The only problem is, is we don't know how to pronounce his name just quite yet. Uh, we, we will, when we bring him on, uh, we're, we're going to take a, a pause after we talk about some league notes and rumors uh, and when we bring them on, we'll uh, we'll have that information for you. But for lack of better, it's Drew Cole from SportsMockery.com. I hope I'm saying that right. He will confirm that with us when he comes on the show in about 15 minutes. So what's going on in the league, Aaron? Anything that you've heard or seen that, that we could talk about? I mean, not too much. You know, the, the NFL continues to sort of be all steam ahead, full steam ahead. Um, you know, obviously with lots of uh, uh, precautions in place, uh, you you know, of course, earlier this week, you heard Dr. Fauci say that, you know, there was a strong chance no sports would be played. And then the NFL sort of countered that statement by saying, you know, we're doing um everything we can and we understand that you know there's a risk blah 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 but we're taking the 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 best methods possible um and you also saw the nfl players association put out a statement saying that um they did not recommend that uh team players be getting together to practice um and you know sort of having these uh, unofficial team gatherings uh due to covid so <clears throat> It didn't seem to stop a lot of them. I mean, at least you saw Tom Brady out there with some guys, and um, maybe it stopped guys from posting the videos as much. Um, but I don't believe it's deterred them. <clears throat> I 
mean, ultimately, the way I kind of feel about things is like we're at the point now where if you're going to go forward, you need to go forward and you just have to take precautions and then deal with whatever curveballs come. Um, but, you know, there's been talk of, and I don't know how much truth there was to this, but people were talking on ESPN radio about um, having another quarterback that was signed and sequestered, you know, um, that would be allowed to come in and people were calling it the Corona back. Um, <laughs> you know, the, that, that I had not seen. Yeah, so that's, yeah, uh, so, that is so, interesting. Yeah, so we'll see. I mean, I just think, you know, the NFL and, and sports, I mean, obviously we have found out that baseball uh, is going to return after much uh, frustrating back and forth between the owners and the players. They're going to play a 60-game season. So, you know, it comes on the heels of lots of uh, players and college sports and few here and there in baseball and hockey and even a couple in the PGA have, have tested positive. Um, we'll just see how, how they're able to deal with it. They're going to have to deal with it. The baseball is talking about having full uh, taxi squads of players that would be available to come, you know, um, play. So it'll be, it's going to be uh, very, very unique. It really is. And, uh, you know, we talked last week uh, about the uh, the practice squad. Um, and, of course, in the new collective bargaining agreement this year, they were going to move from from 10 to 12 members on the practice squad. And and there have been talks uh, indicating that uh, they're hoping to maybe bump that just for this year to 16. But. Uh, I haven't I haven't seen anything else about any roster sizes or limitations or expansions, uh, you know, since we we last uh, we last talked. But uh, um, it, it'll uh, it'll definitely be interesting. There are some things that have been happening in in the league. Uh, the the league, uh, in fact, just today uh, is planning on having its players report to camp uh, league wide. Uh, on July, on or about July 28th, because they want everything to be equity, equitable with all teams. So they want the players to all come to camp on the same date. Um, you know, there have been a couple of players. Ezekiel Elliott um, was one of the more notable that uh, that tested positive recently for uh, for COVID-19, and he is. Uh, it's been a mild case, and he's been self-quarantined, and he's uh, just about done with it. So, uh, you know, there, there's some there's some talk about delaying the season, which maybe we'll get into a little bit later when Drew comes on. Uh, but that so that's going to be that's going to be interesting going forward. Uh, the first indication, uh, because we've all heard the uh, the NFL, we've heard Roger Goodell. Talk about a full season well, with fans in the stands. Um, the first indication about the NFL going forward, playing games without fans in the stands, is they are now considering a plan to uh, tarp off the first eight rows of seats behind the benches all the way around the stadium uh, and sell ad space to, to fill those tarps. It's not going to obviously uh, equal the, the lost revenue that they're going to suffer from the lack of fans in the stands, 
But it's interesting that that this just came out uh, over the last 24 hours. Yeah, it's kind of funny. I've heard some people sort of giving pushback on that because, you know, in some places, I mean, even uh, Illinois was talking about 20 percent fan attendance, you know, being a possibility for sports upcoming fairly soon. Um, so people were saying, well, if it's 20%, how are they going to decide what that is? And what if your season tickets are under the tarp? And, you know, it's just like, well, I mean, they're obviously, if the bears are planning on having those seats, then, you know, they'll have to figure it out. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, it's an interesting question, but, uh, I don't see why anyone would have an issue with the bears getting, revenue and the league getting revenue wherever they can. Uh, I imagine that it'll be green screen tarps that they'll project images onto, I would think. That's an interesting, interesting concept. You know, if, if you're only going to have 20% uh, of your stadium filled, obviously it's real easy. If you if your seats are covered by the tarps, there is, a, a boatload of seats available. They might even have, they might even have seats with with X's marked on them, saying this is a seat that you can sit in, sit anywhere you want. First come, first serve. Who knows? Who knows? Right. It'll it'll be, but you know, it'll be interesting to see, you know, when it actually happens. Obviously, you know, the folks over at our sponsor, Tick Splits, is, uh, you know, that I talked to to them just the other day and. And uh, they haven't sold one ticket since March. Wow. You know, but at least they they have the financial backing to stay afloat. Um, you know, I, I, I'm wondering, and for those of you that don't know, uh, StubHub is actually owned by eBay. And wow. StubHub is actually the single most profit portion of the entire eBay uh, network. Wow. And if they're not selling tickets, imagine, it'd be interesting to see what their stock has done over the past three months. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's obviously it's, it's interesting, but uh, um, yeah, it remains to be seen. So, you know, speaking of, of tickets, um, let's talk a little bit about the pr promotion that, that TickSplit's is, is sponsoring for us. Um, all you got to do is follow us or give people other your friends to follow us on on Twitter. If we get to a thousand uh, followers, uh, we are going to give away, courtesy of TickSplits, two tickets to the Green Bay Packer game in Chicago, regardless of whether it's this year or next year. Hopefully, it'll be this year because by by the end of December, and if that game is scheduled for January 3rd, uh, hopefully there'll be fans in the stands for, for that game. But if not, we'll give those tickets away to the 2021 game uh, to, this, to the same winner. So uh, hold on tight. Get those followers to follow at Halitech Hall on, on Twitter, and you could be the lucky winner of two tickets to a Bears-Packers game. Um, another thing that came out uh, recently is the NFL – uh, with players just reporting to camp at the end of July, they're looking at postponing the first two preseason games, which makes sense because you're going to need time to ramp up 
to get your players in in game shape. So they don't want them. Uh, they don't want them to to suffer a lot of soft tissue injuries, getting out there for for the uh, uh, you know first two uh, games that are scheduled for on the preseason slate for them. So uh, interesting stuff coming out of the league. Um, as you mentioned at the at the top of the show, in in light of the recent spikes of COVID around the country, especially in areas like uh, like Texas and Florida and California, uh, the NFL Players Association urged players to refrain from working out together. And of course, like you said, Tom Brady and a bunch of guys were working out to, as, as uh, lately as today. So it's interesting. We have not heard since there was a lot of talk about uh, Trubisky working out with with the guys like Komet and and Robinson um, and Montgomery uh, and and uh, Demetrius Harris. Uh, we didn't hear anything since we last came on the air to talk to you guys about. At least I didn't hear anything about uh, Trubisky working out with any of those guys. Did you? I didn't hear about it. I did see another post by David Montgomery, but it was just him in the picture that that made it seem like he was still working out. So I would say chances are they're still um, <clears throat> working out. It was funny. They did sort of a, um, uh, a thing on, on – uh, I'm not sure what network it was on, but whatever Dan Orlovsky is on, I guess it's ESPN, and they were talking about <clears> – <throat> teams that are best prepared from a quarterback standpoint for dealing with COVID. And Orlovsky said the Bears, um, which is kind of what we were saying, you know, because they, they, you know, if you look at it, they do have probably the best backup situation in the league or one of the best. Um, but then Ryan Clark, who's been uh, somewhat of someone who raises the ire of Bears Twitter by saying, you know, he doesn't think Allen Robinson's the number one receiver and this and that, uh, said, well, yeah, he, the problem is, is that the Bears don't have a starter, so it doesn't mean anything to say that they have the that they have the best backup to deal with COVID um, because they don't they don't even have a starter. So that was, I thought, kind of funny. Um, you know, sort of. Uh, it, no matter what, that seems that the media gets gets to spin it to 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 dig on the Bears. Well, you know, the the national media is always going to do what they're going to do. So it's uh, uh, you always have to take that uh, with with a grain of salt. But talking about the QB position, an interesting interview. Uh, our latest uh, receiver that joined the team. Uh, Ted Gidd Jr. was on the uh, NFL Network uh, we're talking to uh, the guys, and I can't remember which show it was, but uh, uh, he was posed the question about, of course, everybody's going to get this question that, that belongs, uh, that's on the Bears roster currently anytime they're talking to uh, anybody at ESPN or NFL Network or, or uh, any of those, uh, those outlets. Uh, but, of course, he was asked... Um, who he thinks the Bears starting quarterback was going to be. And, and he did say that he thought it was going to be Trubisky, but he did say it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. We're going to fight for him, which was, uh, you know, he kind of backed up at the last minute at, during the second half of the interview, but 
He came out pretty strong for Trubisky, but he hasn't even worked out with him yet. So uh, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see what goes on here come uh, July twenty July twenty eighth. Um, speaking of uh, the 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 quarterback situation, we're going to take a quick break right now to hear from our sponsor Tick Splits, and when we come back. Uh, hopefully we're saying Drew Cole's name correct from Sports Mockery. He'll be right with us. So we'll be right back after a word from Tick Splits. So you're looking for great ticket deals. Who is it? Well, TickSplits.com has you covered. From the biggest sporting events to Broadway shows and concerts, TickSplits.com has the best ticket selection at the very best prices out there and no service fees. So the price you see is the price you pay. Plus, TickSplits.com donates up to 25% of their proceeds to charity. TickSplits.com has the tickets you want when you want them. Go to T-I-X-B-L-I-T-Z.com today. That's TickSplits.com. Every ticket, every venue, everywhere. Thanks again to our sponsor, TickSplits.com. They have over $6 billion of ticket inventory. Obviously, it's uh, it's hard to, to buy tickets now. Nobody is buying tickets, but they are ready for you when, when the stadiums and concert venues open back up. And make sure you use promo code TAILGATE. That's all caps, T-A-I-L-G-A-T-E, and save 5% on any tickets at TickSplits.com. And remember, at TickSplits, you never pay a service fee like you do at uh, their competitors. So TickSplits.com, every ticket, every venue, everywhere, make the change today. Welcome back. We are now joined by Drew Cole from SportsMockery.com. Drew, good evening. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Doing well. Yeah, we're doing great. Welcome to the show, Drew. Thanks so much for joining us. Um, you know, we've been fans of yours on Bears Twitter and, of course, uh, Sports Mockery as well. So um, you came highly recommended also from Matt Zawoski. So um, he, he's been on the show before, and he said, well, if, you, if you're going to talk Bears, I, I like to talk it, but you got to get Drew on for, the, for the, the deep dive. So, And we also had Eric on, Eric Lambert, the other uh, couple weeks ago. Awesome. Yeah, very cool. And uh, I'd like to thank uh, Zoe for putting us in touch. Indeed. He's, yeah. he's going to be excited with uh, with baseball coming back. He can get his Pinwheels and Ivy uh, podcast into high gear. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm, uh, I'm excited. I'm a Cubs fan. I know he's a Sox fan, and so I'm uh, I'm excited for having a little short season, uh, you, know, you know, making fun of each other, that kind of thing. It's always fun. You know, hey, Drew, I, you know, it's interesting scenario. There was some talk. Uh, around the league in baseball, since you, you're just, I'm a Cub fan too. Um, I'm also a Sox fan. I grew up in the Chicagoland area. My dad loved all things Chicago. So when he was on vacation in the summertime, when I was a kid, if the Cubs were at home, we'd go to a Cubs game. If the Sox were at home, we'd go to a Sox game. So uh, I, I never grew up with the North side, uh, South side bias. But uh, there's uh, a lot of talk with everything that's been happening with the the bickering going back and forth and expanded playoff talk and everything. Uh, they were talking about the uh, uh, shortened season moving forward because uh, to create more of an urgency and, and, and eliminate about uh, 15 or 20 games from the regular season schedule. Are you a fan of that? No, not at all. Uh, baseball, you know, it's it's, a, it's an American, you know, 
pastime. It's a classic sport, and uh, frankly, it became a, a great way when I was growing up, right? And for all of us growing up, you know, to pass summer vacation, essentially, right? When uh, in between going back to school, and, and I'm, I actually used to look forward to going back to school. <laughs> Weird nuggets, but uh, now, you know, it's, 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 it's become, you know, in some ways, a, a way for me to pass time uh, up until football season. And I know it sounds weird because I, I love baseball to death, but, you know, it's one of those things that you afford every day. And, you know, football is my first love now. But, uh, and, you know, I, I can't imagine fewer games and um, having more breaks in time in between games. It's probably better for the players in, in some ways, but uh, you know, as a baseball fan, I, I, I don't want much baseball. Well said. Well said. So getting back to what this show is all about, of course, the, the Bears and, and uh, like uh, Aaron said, you came highly recommended to the show. So we really appreciate you coming on board with us. Obviously, the first question that I have for you is, who is it going to be? Is it going to be Mitch or is it going to be Foles? Yeah. So when the trade happened, uh, I mean, okay, so let me go back. When the season ended, uh, I thought there was no way in hell Trubisky can come back and be the starter of the Bears. Um when they traded for Foles, I thought it's a slam dunk. You know, Foles is going to be the guy. Uh, you know, he's obviously, you know, has experience. He has experience with Doug Peterson. Um, similar offense, you know, knows the verbiage. I mean, if anything, in a, in a COVID-shortened uh, offseason and everything, uh, you know, he's, he's honestly a, a perfect get in that scenario. But, but honestly... This isn't, you know, some sort of allegiance shift to Mitch. I mean, I'm, I've never been one of those, like, Mitch bandwagoners or, you know, you're either with me or against me. That kind of, I, I think that's, you know, I, I think that plays a lot of bear Twitter sometimes. But, uh, you know, for me, it's just the more I'm kind of thinking about it. Um, I think this is actually a little bit more even of a battle than I was originally thinking. Uh, probably because, you know, Trubisky brought up a couple of good points in his press conference that he did recently over over Zoom. Uh, you know, one, he has access to some of the guys that uh, are still in Chicago and they're they're working out, you know, pretty consistently. And you know, I know off-season workouts, you know, in this manner don't necessarily mean a whole lot, but you know, in terms of developing some timing and rhythm, and for um, you know him to at least continue to establish that camaraderie and and uh, rapport with uh, the guys that are still here in Chicago, you know, buy-in for the rest of the players is certainly a big deal. And right now, Trubisky has the advantage, uh, his tenure here, be, uh, being able to work out with the players right now. Uh, I think that's, you know, an advantage for him. Uh, and then B, you know, I I like Foles as a, as a fit in this offense. Um, but, you know, I like the coaching hires, you know, that the Bears brought in. And I sincerely think that, you know, these guys can help, at least if he can get some of his footwork right. Maybe they can help, uh, you know, reading defenses, making make it a little bit easier for him. Um, and, again, you know, he doesn't have to be great. He has to be average. He has to be, you know, 16th, 18th, you know, that ranking of quarterback. The fact that he couldn't even make that last year and the Bears were still 8-8, you know, he was one of, arguably one of the worst quarterbacks in the league last year, and the Bears are still eight and eight. It's it's remarkable. Uh, you know, when you consider all the factors now, um, I think Trubisky has a better shot than I originally thought. Now, to answer your question, 
Uh, who do I think it's going to be? Uh, I think Trubisky probably does win the job, but I, I still feel like Fulton will take over before the season ends. Yeah, I would say, um, you know, I think I agree with almost everything you said. Um, I would say that it's, it is sort of playing out that way, you know, and I was in the same boat where I thought, you know, I was thinking Foles, 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 and I, and I still believe ultimately he should win the job. And this is the main reason why is that I think even though Mitch's familiarity with the players has weight, I do believe that it does. Um I find it also kind of curious that Foles, you know, because he just had a baby or his wife just had a baby, he wasn't around, and they're also in the process of, of moving, and I'm sure that's all slowed by COVID, wasn't in town. Uh, but also, similarly, Anthony Miller is in the same boat. Um, and to me, those are the two guys that I think are really super important to this team going forward is Anthony Miller and Nick Foles. I think those two are going to – if they both get to play, which I believe they will, a substantial amount, those two are going to have a really good connection. And I think the biggest person that is going to benefit from Nick Foles, if he can play to his level of play that we've seen him uh, at at times, is Anthony Miller. Um, so my feeling is that that maybe because of all of this truncating of the preseason and the, and the camp that maybe somehow now Mitch does win by default um, simply because, you know, he's, he does, you know, now he has a little bit of a leg up that Foles may not be able to quite catch up on. And then they will feel comfortable with that because Foles is so familiar with coming off the bench, you know, um, and it's almost, it's usually worked out better for him, frankly. Um, but, you know, I thought one of the more interesting things that we heard, um, you know, from Bill Lazor was talking about the competition between Michael Vick and Foles back in Philadelphia, uh, which is a pretty cool thing to, to sort of have us recall, um, yeah. you know, and that was, of course, Foles' best year as a full-time starter. Uh, it's one of his few full years. Um, so, I mean, it's, just, it's going to be interesting how it plays out. Um, you know, it's all, of course, through the framework and the lens of uh, the of all this, you know, craziness with COVID um, that's going on. Uh, but I would still, I'm still going to put my my uh, my vote with Foles, but I feel like it, it's wavering <laughs> as things yeah. go. Uh, so I. I'll go ahead and end. Or we want to have the next question, Mike? No, no. I just wanted to. I wanted to add to this. Yes, um, with with you know with with Mitch working out, he's having the advantage of working out with these receivers, um, and the fact that we discovered last week that he's also working with quarterback guru Jeff Christensen, I thought was fascinating. Uh, I wanted to get, Drew, I wanted to get your thoughts about him bringing in, and I don't know who, you know, did did Mitch reach out to to Jeff? Did the did Matt Nagy uh, or any of the other coaches reach out to him, or did Jeff all of a sudden, you know, reach out to Mitch and say, hey, can, I want to come in and help you with your foot, footwork? I don't know, It's and it's never been discussed. I wanted to get so maybe if you had some inside information about that. 
No, uh, no insights uh, on that front, but um, I, I thought it was a good move. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, well-renowned quarterback guru, um, something that, you know, yeah, people talk a lot about, hey, there's, there may be too many cooks in the kitchen right now with the Bears, right? You have Matt Nagy, you have you know, Bill Lazor, you have Jack Silico, you have all these people, uh, you know, oh, is there, are there going to be too many cooks? And now you have Trubisky learning in the offseason here, you know, with uh, – with Jeff Christensen, you know, separately, uh, I think it's great. You know, I think it shows that he had, he understood that he had significant strides to make. And uh, I, I don't think, you know, and anyone that watches the tape of, of last year, frankly, even 2018, but especially last year, and thinks that, you know, Trubisky was anywhere close to a finished product or, you know, uh, it's just in general, you know, had the, had the makings of a polished quarterback. No, no one would make that argument. No one should make that argument. And I think I'm glad that he realized that himself. Um, you know, whether it was him reaching out or someone putting him in touch, but the fact that he was open and, and uh, willing to, to make that connection and, and go through uh, this tutelage is great. Um, well, I think a lot of it, right? I mean, I, I think uh, when you're under the gun and you're – uh, you know, no pun intended, but you know, when you're when you're under fire um, against a real life defense who actually is going to and wants to hit you, uh, will you revert back to some bad habits? It's possible. You know, we don't we have no idea how this will actually manifest on the field. Um, you know, in live action, but uh, it it shows uh, recognition that help was needed. It shows um, the willingness and commitment to. Uh, continue to learn and, and refine. And, uh, you know, that's uh, honestly the, the, the best thing the parents could have hoped for and honestly the least trip to that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say one thing that I think is interesting, and I brought this up before, is that, you know, Mitch and Mariota share the same agent and, you know, they, they also have gone on very kind of similar career paths. Um, so you would hope, and I don't know if this is true, I haven't heard this at all, but if his agent is worth their salt, that they're putting, that the two of them are talking, because I think that Mariota's path um, is one that Mitch needs to pay attention to. You know, uh, the way that he ended up losing his job from Tannehill, but being a good teammate all along, and, you know, it parlayed it, it into a, a nice uh, contract that he has now, and that that should be what Mitch is also thinking about in terms of um, you know his career. Uh, so hopefully, what I'm hoping is that all this allows him to focus on just being a better player, uh, because I do think that hopefully the incessant comparisons to Mahomes and Watson will probably fade away as now Mitch is really in danger of, of, you know, not being an NFL starter. I mean, hell, maybe not even being an NFL player next year if things go really badly. So maybe he can just really just focus on that. He doesn't have to worry so much about living up to Mahomes and Watson and the draft pick and all that. Uh, he's just got to focus on beating Foles and being the best he can be. And then maybe that'll help. Um, so, you know, I think that the, the new voices that he all that he's going to get to hear are good. Uh, you know, and I think DeFlippo is going to be probably the most important of them. That he seems like he's going to be pretty hard on him. So, you know, it's 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 hard to get away. I mean, I feel like, you, you know, everybody, all they talk about is Mitch, Mitch, Mitch. But I don't really know what else. I mean, he's the key, you know, and so it's hard to get around, get away from talking about him. 
Um, as far as my question to you, I was just thinking the other day, um, we've talked a lot about Khalil Mack last year, um, and I think we've even sort of speculated that he had some injuries, although I don't know that I've actually heard that um, corroborated by any source. I've just kind of, it's just kind of been something that a lot of people have assumed due to, you know, what was viewed largely, largely as diminished play last year, even though I suppose if you, you know, when people want to get into the analytics that he still was creating pressure, but certainly it wasn't the season that I think he hoped to have and the season that we as Bears fans hoped that he had. Um, I guess my question is, is what do you think happened to Khalil Mack last year, if anything? And what do we expect from him uh, this season? And then, you know, with the addition of Quinn, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, so first of all, A, I think teams did a better job of game planning for uh, Khalil Mack last year. And, and uh, you know, John Gruden really laid the, the foundation for it uh, in when the Raiders beat the Bears in, in London. Um, you know, that was a an absolutely masterful game plan, and uh, I think teams took from that, uh, knowing that A, Leonard Floyd was not really a pass rushing threat, uh, Akeem Hicks was injured, um, you know, there was a lot kind of that happened in snowball, and the fact that the Bears didn't really have, uh, you know, corners that could play press, and, you know, you, they, they weren't allowing a lot of, you know, range, quick, quick stuff that could allow, you know, for those completions underneath and that kind of thing, so... Uh, there was a lot kind of going on that I think contributed to the superficial numbers that we see and look at when it comes to Mac. like, oh, the sack numbers are down and this and that. But uh, I watched his tape, man. Like, it, it's, he was still super effective. He's still a monster. Um, you know, I think now when you look at the way the Bears' defense is constructed, right, you have a more healthy defense. You have... Uh, you know, a quarterback that's, that's capable of playing pretty good press in Jalen Johnson now, um, or even Kevin Tolliver wins the job. Like, you know, he's certainly more capable um, at this stage. Um, you know, Coffler doesn't necessarily play press, play press a lot, but, you know, he's obviously an excellent quarterback that we all know. Um, now you have Robert Quinn opposite Kulmak, who is ridiculous as a pass rusher. You have a healthy Keith Hicks. You have, um, you know, just, just a lot a lot more, uh, you know, it's a lot more fortified front now on defense. Um, it's going to be harder to game plan for Khalil Mack the way teams did last year uh, and, and get away with it. So, you know, as far as 2019, like, sure, was it was it the, the year that everyone was expecting, like 20 sacks? No, but there's a general struggle that had a lot of uh, things go wrong in 2019. I think in 2020, they're definitely geared to uh, significantly more success. And I think Mac is going to have so many opportunities that he didn't have in 2019. And, you know, a, a guy like Mac having more opportunities, uh, you know, just by default is, is a scary thought for quarterback. Absolutely. I mean, I think the biggest thing that the Bears can do for – this defense is to get the lead. Uh, one of the most stark differences yeah. between 2018 and 2019 was that in 2018, the Bears played with the lead a ton. In 2019, they almost never had the lead. 
Um, and that's, you know, to a pass rusher, to be able to, or a defensive coordinator, to be able to let the guys, you know, as they say, pin their ears back and go for the quarterback is, is really all the difference. Uh, and that trickled, you know, that lack of, uh, I think, pass rush trickled to down to, you know, Kyle Fuller, who still had a good year, but by his standards, didn't really have a good year. And Eddie Jackson, same story, you know, good year, but not as good as it could have been. Um, you know, it just trickled down. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I agree. I just, it's interesting people, we, I mean, we just got spoiled. I mean, the guy came on the scene and was an absolute freak of nature, superhero from the minute we saw him. And it's just natural for us to want that to happen every single game, you know, and it just, it seemed like in 2018 that that was going to happen every single game that Khalil Mack was going to do something ridiculous every single game. You would just wait on Monday to like throw out the clips that everybody, you know, all day long on Twitter, like look at Khalil Mack, our, our own, you know, personal, you know, incredible Hulk on the field, but it's not realistic, you know, and I think, um, I think there were honestly times where he just, you know what, I cannot go 150% every single play just out of self-preservation uh, and that's not to say that he's taking plays off you know he's certainly not julius peppers but um he he i think he had to take it down a notch but i think he's ready to to be back at that you know otherworldly level that he really can get, uh, get to interesting stuff I, I i know that that i like you said i didn't see anything corroborated anywhere by any any bear staff or coaches or medical people uh, but it did come out after the season was over that uh, he was uh, Khalil Mack was was dealing with some lingering back issues uh, during the season which which of course um, you know if your back isn't a hundred percent you're not going to be as effective as you would be as, as you were in, in 2018 so um, hopefully, with the uh, with the signing of Quinn, with the returned uh, Akeem Hicks, hopefully he's back to as close to 100%. And probably, I would think he'll be wearing a uh, a brace on that elbow for the rest of his career. And you know, then this kid that they they signed uh, that they drafted um, out of was it Tulsa? Sure. Uh, yeah. Travis uh, Gibson to to be able to spell Mac from time to time. I think um, you know when you when you look at the roster, that front seven is just absolutely incredible, and that's going to bode well for not only the pass rush but against the run. And and now you've got the defensive backs can play more aggressive on the receivers uh, because. You know, quarterbacks, they're going to be they're going to be on the clock, man. The, the clock's ticking in two and a half seconds. That ball better be gone or that quarterback's going to be uh, dealing with a lot of grass stains on his uniform. So I'm, I'm excited about this year going forward, especially when, when you hear the coaches uh, talk about Khalil Mack and how this guy has been training like a beast. I'm excited. The NFL came out strongly over the last few weeks with everything that has gone on 
uh, with the Black Lives Matter and, and racism uh, around the country. And the league came out strongly. Roger Goodell put out a statement. Um, there was a lot of backlash saying that it was not enough. But I did, personally, I thought that Roger Goodell was sincere in the statement he put out. Uh, do you think that the league is going to fight the good fight? Because I do, because all of your big names, uh, all of your stars are standing up and standing out for equality. Your thoughts, Drew? Yeah, no, I mean, I think, uh, so I'll be honest, I didn't actually see uh, Roger DeBell's video. I don't know if you moved if it was a video. I, I actually may have missed it entirely. But, you know, when I, but I did see some references as to the gist of the message. And, you know, I, I really hope so. I, I really hope they they learned their lesson uh, from, you know, obviously the, the time that Colin Kaepernick, you know, fought this all to uh, the, the national stage, you know, a few years ago. Um, you know, this is obviously very serious stuff, uh, you know, very um, important stuff for our society to, um, to make known and make public and, and, and deal with and, and, and be sensitive to. And, uh, you know, I think far too often, or at least in, you know, a few years ago, I think they caved to political pressures, um, you know, and then uh, unfortunately it seemed to affect, you know, one particular person, and that was Ben Kaepernick, especially. Uh, now, people talk about, you know, it'll never be, you know, a full uh, apology or it'll never be a full real movement unless, you know, they give Colin Kaepernick a job. And I don't know how true that is necessarily. You know, it's been, we're going to tell Kaepernick in particular, right, it's been four years. And uh, I honestly wasn't very impressed with his workout that he posted last year. I, I saw a lot of issues that concerned me. Is from a pure football perspective, but uh, you know, as long as the acknowledgement is there, the uh, there's no backlash or, or teams trying to impose their will on uh, the, the peaceful protests that uh, I fully expect to resume uh, across the league. Uh, then I think we're we're making progress. I think you know, obviously it's short and it's baby steps, and we should have been here four years ago when this was originally brought up, so it's probably about four four years late on this front, but, you know, um, it's, it's, you know sometimes you, you take the wins, I guess. Uh, you're, you're right. I think that uh, it'll be interesting to see going forward, uh, at least during the regular season, if um, the national anthem uh, is even played on the networks. A lot of times it isn't. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see going forward whether or not the uh, the national anthem we even we even hear during the regular season. <clears throat> to that end, um, you know, it remains to be seen. You know, are the players even going to be out of the locker room for the national anthem? That's that hasn't been announced as well. Drew Brees, of course, suffered some huge backlash. Uh, when all of this came about, when they were talking about kneeling during the national anthem, and I, I understand, I understand where where Drew Brees is coming from. I don't think kneeling when the national anthem is played 
is is the right forum to voice your concerns for the inequalities and the racism that exists in the United States, but use your celebrity status to to do it that way and and use your money, use your foundations to take that to the next level and get the the equality message out to the people. And you know, obviously, there's going to be a lot of kneeling this year if and when uh, the national anthem is played with the fans on the st- uh, with the the players on the field. So it's a, it's, it's, it's a, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. And it's hard for, cause I understand where Drew Brees is coming from when he said what he said, even though he got a lot of flack from a lot of players because of it. All right. Well, I think the problem, the biggest problem now is that because it's been so politicized, it's no longer about that. It's no longer, it's, it's basically if you, if the players, the players at this point feel like if they don't kneel, they're not supporting the cause and everyone who's offended by them kneeling feels doubly offended. So it's like, you know, and that's the problem with politicizing all of this, unfortunately, but you can't, you know, it, it's, it, you can't put the, the, um, you know, the genie back in the bottle there. Um, it is what it is. I think they're going to have a built in excuse which is no fans in the stands, no point in playing the national anthem, right? No point in, uh, you know, uh, doing any of that. You know, it would just be kind of gratuitous at that point to to have all the players socially distanced. I mean, they wouldn't even all fit in the shot, right? So, um, it's. I think they're. I think they're going to have a, a built-in excuse to kind of stray away from that controversy of just not even, you know, doing. Because ultimately. The issue is that NFL football is not the United States. It's not. It's not. You know. It's not. Uh, it's not a, a government uh, office. It's a private business, and they were a private business who were advertising for the armed forces. So basically, the biggest problem everybody had with the league and the armed forces, and then it got politicized, was that the players are demonstrating at work during an advertisement. And the advertisement is for the armed forces. So, you know, that's where that's where the NFL is saying you're at your job. It's not the spot to to to, you know, do this. But ultimately, you know, it it just that's where things get messy. I mean, football and the America and the flag and it's all just it's it's just it's a it's a minefield. So. Um, I think for everybody's best interest, it would be probably better if um, we just didn't even deal with the, the national anthem being on TV uh, and let let things play out in a different arena. Yeah, no, I, I uh, uh, frankly, I, I, I prefer not to comment on this one. I have thoughts both ways. And, That's uh, you know, it, and I know that, you know, honestly, we could spend hours. Uh, it, it's a very complex subject. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, to me, uh, as long as the the original problem that uh, was meant to have light um, shined upon it, as long as that gets its awareness and uh, and eventually becomes not a problem in this country anymore, uh, that's really where my concern lies at this point. 
Well, Bert, let's we'll bring it back to football. This is something that um, I think we uh, certainly everybody it's on everybody's mind. I mean, I think that's what's so strange about uh, what we've all been going through with this quarantine and this lack of sports. You know, as, as the three of us can all attest, we we're all uh, sports is a huge part of our lives, and this is missing and. Um, you know, so some of these other issues and these things have gotten uh, perhaps a larger platform as a result. Um, so one of the things that I think is going to be most interesting to navigate is, you know, uh, is sports becoming a distraction, a distraction that we all need, sports becoming a unifier, a uh, unifier that we all need. Um, and then, you know, perhaps sports being a distraction in the negative way or sports bringing people together who potentially could conflict with each other it's you know it's all part of the fabric of of uh america really and 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 sports in general um you know and uh it's just gonna be interesting to play out i mean we were talking about all these different contingencies with regards to the to the uh disease and to the pandemic but it's just going to be another you know level and layer to all of this to see how it all plays out um as we go forward, it's also, you know, I think it becomes, it becomes, I don't know, sometimes I feel like, almost like I'm kidding myself when I make predictions about the season and, and sort of pretend like everything's going to be normal, you know, but at the same time, you know, why not? I mean, they, the league is proceeding as if everything is normal, and, and I suppose that you have to, you can't just stop still. Um what what's your take on how the season is going to progress and, you know, and how you think the bears will deal with all this and, you know, and, and, you know, kind of how, how the season's going to play out. Yeah. So this is such a weird season because of COVID and we have no idea what the health situation is going to be for these players. Right. I mean, if you're, if you're starting quarterback, I'm not just talking about the bears, I'm talking about anyone. Uh, your starting quarterback goes down with COVID Right, like, <laughs> like a team that may have had Super Bowl aspirations, but all of a sudden finds themselves 0-4, right? And now it's good luck recovering from that. So this is going to be a very strange season. Uh, we could see teams that had, you know, we thought had no shot, you know, are all of a sudden in the playoff picture after week 15, and uh, teams that you know we thought would be, uh, you know, Super Bowl contenders right away, and they're they're struggling. So. I think it's going to be a very intriguing season. Um, when the schedule came out and uh, the thought process wasn't that COVID would be as insane as it is right now um, and for the foreseeable future, uh, I had, when the schedule came out, I think the Bears were going to get 9-7, if I'm not mistaken. And I think at that point, I still had, uh, I can't recall exactly, but I, I, still, I still think Trubisky was the... Uh, the unquestioned quote-unquote starter at that point. I don't think the full deal had happened yet. Um, I, I could be wrong, but uh, I think that's where we were, and I had them at 9-7. and seven. Um, I still think that's, that's reasonable. If, uh, you know, even if Foles a job and, you know, provides some steady, steady guidance, I mean, I think this, this schedule is trickier than uh, uh, – kind of what, what, what we feel like at first glance. Like, for example, I think the Lions will be uh, better than we expect, mainly because Matthew Stafford's coming back, and um, I honestly think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Uh, and the reason Detroit's even relevant 
uh, you know, in the conversation, not forget, you know, and another joke, you know, in, in the common sense, but, you know, Stafford makes them dangerous. Uh, and the other teams in there have some, some uh, um, just, I feel like it's a trickier schedule than, uh, than we feel, but I still think, obviously, with the Bears having so much to against them last year, uh, and they still went 8-8, eight and eight, you know, this team is still certainly a force to be reckoned with, minus the, uh, the quarterback battle that needs to be resolved. So um, I still think 9-7 seems reasonable. I do think a playoff spot seems reasonable, um, you know, and I think that's, that's being probably conservative. Uh, you know, I, I definitely think this team has, you know, 11 to 12 win potential, but, um, you know, I think nine, nine wins can be pretty comfortable. I'll take the over on that one, Drew. <laughs> really? Right. Yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah, I think, and, and we've talked about this uh, before, um, I'm, I'm, I'm at 11 and five for the bears this year uh, for a lot of the same reasons you just talked about. The bears had terrible luck when it came to injuries. You know, you, 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 Mac was suffering a little bit. You had uh, Hicks go down. You had both of your interior linebackers go down you still had a top 10 defense. Uh, your offensive line play was, was horrific. And you know, I don't, I don't know if it was the, the cart before the horse or what, but but I think the horrific line play played a factor in the loss of confidence Trubisky had, which had him have a have a setback last year. So I think that with the improved line play, with the the better coaching that he's going to be getting. Uh, from the likes of, of Jeff Christensen and, and Laser and Flip, I think that Trubisky is going to do better than a lot of people expect. And if, if he doesn't, you've got Foles able to step in right away. You've got tight ends that you can utilize in the middle of the field, which is going to open up the offense for the other wide re- the wide receivers like Miller, Robinson, and uh, and and Ginn. So they they can't they can't be worse offensively, and they still won eight games last year, and they, they were literally two plays away from being a ten win team, and that's the missed field goal uh, against uh, the Chargers at the end of the game, and the running into the kicker against the Raiders in London. You take those two plays and switch them, and that's a ten and six team, despite how horrific their offense was. So I'm going to I'm going to put my hat on 11 and 5. And Mike brings up the uh, offensive line. I think that's a good question is you know it, it most of the offseason the talk was how badly the Bears need to upgrade their offensive line. Well, they hired a new coach. Um, remains to be seen uh, you know what that will do, how much of a scheme change will happen. Um, but they also picked up, they made a couple of additions in the offensive line, the main ones being um, Jermaine Ifedi and Jason Spriggs. Um, Ifedi's got a lot of playing time, mostly at tackle, but uh, it's kind of funny at the it, when when everybody was, you know, uh, talking up all the needs and whatnot, the Ifedi signing was this big, oh, really? 
this is we got the Charles Leno of of Seattle, but recently it seems, and I don't know why that is. Maybe just people get tired of making the same takes over and over. But I've I've heard more and more people feeling like the Ifedi signing is is better than we might have originally thought. Um, I even heard Bill Barnwell, of all people, from ESPN, who's a pretty notorious Bears hater and Bears fan blocker on Twitter. Like, you know, normally if he's going to come on ESPN radio, I'm like ready to be triggered about it. But he he actually mentioned the Ifedi signing and he wasn't um, as negative about the Jimmy Graham signing as he had been uh, earlier. Uh, What do you think about, you know, Castillo? What do you think about the offensive line uh, additions and where do you think we're going to be with the offensive line next season? I expect significant improvement. So one of the things about um, Ifedi, I think, is uh, you know he is a first round pick, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, he yeah. played left tackle, which I don't think was well. He had the talent for it. I don't think it was the right fit for him. Uh, you know, putting him in at right guard with his athleticism and his ability, I think is is a good fit. First of all, uh, and you know it could be um, in some ways I think an upgrade from what they were trotting out there, actually significantly definitely think uh, this is an upgrade of what they were trotting out there last year after uh, Kyle Long basically bowed out. Um, so that's that's good. The other thing I think is important is Castillo, as an offensive line coach, is a great fit with Matt Nagy. I think one thing that we need to remember um, for when Nagy came in is he had uh, Harry Heastan that he hired and then Mark Felprich. And, you know, neither of those people had any experience in any sort of scheme that, you know, Nagy was trying to run. And so you had, uh, you know, Nagy teaching the scheme to Helfrich, who, um, you know, had was struggled for a variety of different reasons, and he stand, and then they, in turn, had to take what they learned and translate it for the players. And I'm sure things got lost in, in translation and, you know, these guys weren't really brought in to uh, what they were trying to, were trying to teach because you know their their backgrounds are entirely different. So now you have someone whose philosophy and um, experience gels definitely more with what uh, Nagy's comfortable with and uh, you know can teach uh, the, the the way that the the offensive line needs to play in a manner that suits the offense better. Um, I don't expect this team to be, you know, a very uh, a scheme-based blocking team, and I use that I use that term loosely um, because Castillo himself brought it up, like, hey, scheme scheme means nothing, you know, when it comes to the offensive line for the most part. You need to, you need to be able to move people, you need to be able to, you know, mold people. So, you know, he gets it. He gets, you know, what this what this line needs to do. And uh, now he'll be able to teach it in the context of a, an offense that he understands. And now you have the concepts being explained more clearly. You have someone who knows exactly what they're talking about, uh, explaining it to these guys. And for the most part, you have now continuity at some of the key spots now, right? You have, uh, um, you have uh, Charles Leno, who I think gets a lot of uh, um, hate for someone who is really quite adequate 
uh, as left tackle. You have, you know, James Daniels at left guard. You have Cody Whitehair at center. Uh, Effetti, really the only new guy at right guard, and then Massey at right tackle. So you have some continuity in some of the key spots. Um, I think this can only help. One thing I was thinking is, do you think that Whitehair stays at center um, given, you know, I would love to know whose idea it was to 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 move Daniels back to center, and obviously that, that failure uh, wasn't, I think, was part of the reason why Hesan isn't here anymore, so I'd like to know. I'd love to find out. I mean, I'd love to know what happened between Hesan and Nagy because nobody could say that Harry's a bad coach, um, but I think it was a bad fit. Um, I just have this yeah. feeling that it was a lot more contentious than people are letting on, you know, and I think only Harry and maybe Harry's talked to Olin Krutz about it. But other than that, I don't know who else who would know how contentious it got um, other than, you know, the people inside that room. But my my thought process would be, you know, that if Foles is the quarterback, then Cody might be out. You know, and I think we'd be stronger with Cody at left guard, Daniels at center, and Ifedi at right guard, personally. Um, but I don't know. I mean, really, Cody is the center for Mitch. Yeah, you know, they're best friends and et cetera, et cetera. So what, do you think you have any thoughts on that, if that will affect anything? It's a good thought. I'm, uh, I'm honestly not sure. I think, uh, you know, I think one of the, the biggest issues is uh, it seems like you know, while James Daniels is filled and uh, athleticism and everything kind of bodes well uh, for center and his intelligence and everything bodes well for center. Um, I think, uh, and I don't think I'm making this up. Like I think literally uh, some of the complaints last year were about his outspokenness and you know being quiet and not mm-hmm. being able to really uh, you know drive the team as the center needs to do, right. uh, which is, I mean. If that's a personality thing, then it's going to be hard to change that. So uh, it, while, you know, player-wise, like a player mold, you know, he's a he's a fit at center. Um, maybe, obviously, Trubisky, obviously, wasn't comfortable with him at center. He wanted Whitehair back. Uh, but, I mean, if, if you have something that works, which, I mean, we definitely saw market improvement in the offensive line play uh, when they made the switch back, uh, then... I don't see why they would change it necessarily. Plus, these guys just gave a bunch of money to Cody Whitehair. I think they need to give him a spot and let him get comfortable. And, you know, I understand he's valuable, and that's one of the reasons they gave him big money. But, you know, at some point, you know, the guy needs to <laughs> to find a home and, and, and be careful. I'm sorry, or be comfortable. And uh, Daniels, while I have, um, I still have some hope for him, for sure. Um, I think he's tempted, but. Uh, I think he, if he's going to learn and improve his play, uh, I think left guard needs to do that from. Keeping it on the roster, uh, Drew, um, do you see, or maybe I should rephrase that, what surprises do you see on the roster? I'll, I'll give you an example. Uh, we were talking about our 53-man rosters uh, last uh, on last episode, and one of my surprises is Coward doesn't make the 53-man team. He does stick on the, the practice squad. Uh, do you see any surprises on the roster going uh, into this year? Oh, um, yeah, I haven't, given this a, I haven't given this a lot of thought, but uh, I'll, I'll name a 
whole, mainly because I think they're very popular names amongst, you know, Bears Twitter and uh, everything, and everyone wants to see them succeed. But, uh, for example, one, Javon Williams, I think he is, uh, he, he may be in trouble uh, from a roster spot perspective. Um, I think Ryan Null is also probably in trouble, but not that one, not, not that one hurts necessarily a whole lot, but, you know, I know people clamored for him for a while, and uh, I do think that he will very likely uh, not make the team um, at this point. Um, I mean, it's all to really cut <laughs> No, there's no pressure here, man. Don't worry. <laughs> you know, it's funny that, that you mentioned that you mentioned uh, Nall because um, in our our roster show last week, um, I I was torn between uh, obviously Montgomery and Cohen are locks on the roster, and I was literally torn between uh, either keeping. Nall or Napoleon Maxwell, and ironically, Aaron. There's only five running backs on the roster, and Aaron had the uh, the other guy, uh, Artavius uh, Pierce, as the making the roster, and and not Nall. So we we hit on all five current running backs on the roster. So it was intriguing that you did that, and uh, on wide receiver, I had actually seen. A tweet from you, which is why I wanted to ask the question about roster surprises. Uh, you thinking that that uh, Juice is going to be um, maybe getting the short stick? I actually had him having him making the team. I think the Bears are going to they're going to keep seven wide receivers. Um, so I've got uh, Robinson, Miller, Patterson, Mooney, Gill, Ridley, and Wims. And when you when you hear uh, their running their their wide receiver coach Mike Furry talking about the speed of Mooney and the professionalism of Gill and the, the what he has seen uh, from the workouts and, and talking with his Zoom talks with with Ridley, you might just be right that this guy might be you know on the outside looking in and, and ending up on the practice squad. Uh, this year. So thank, th I appreciate you bringing that up. Uh, got a question. This is kind of a late breaking question for you. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm sure you're familiar with uh, he's on ESPN Chicago. He used to write for the Chicago Sun Times. Um, Brian Hanley uh, has an interesting tweet yesterday uh, about and ironically, it's about Arlington Park, and, and I don't know if you know where I'm going with this, but um, he had tweeted that uh, because Arlington Park announced that they are opening up a, a shortened season uh, coming up here pretty soon, as you know, baseball is opening and and everything else. And his tweet was, "It's great that Arlington Park will open for racing, but the talk around Gulfstream the last year." has been the Bears will eventually call Arlington Park home. And then just a, a few minutes ago, um, your partner over at Sports Mockery, um, uh, Eric Lambert, uh, penned uh, an article that he just posted online a few minutes ago. Uh, and the, uh, the headline reads, 
A Chicago Bears move to Arlington Heights? Question mark. Apparently, that's a thing. So, do you have any uh, inklings about this? Uh, I, I had, I back when when you, we can go all the way back to the '70s, and George Halas was talking about having a stadium built um, either next door to or actually in the infield of Arlington Park Racetrack. And then it came up again back in the 80s, but it's been pretty dormant for the last 35 years. Uh, do you have any inklings and in, in what's uh, on, on this announcement that uh, kind of, kind of, uh, you know, Brian Hanley kind of more or less leaked out um, yesterday? Uh, I really don't, and uh, you know, I'm, I, I've heard various grumblings about this story uh, you know, over the last you know, t- 24 hours, I guess it is now. Um, but uh, I haven't really done a lot of reading into it yet. Um, uh, I want to be able to do that before I comment on it. But frankly, man, like <laughs> uh, the Bears is not playing Soldier Field is just you know it's kind of unfathomable at this point. Um, you know, uh, so I I can't I can't uh, I can't fathom it. Yeah. So, so well, you're yeah. you're talking to a lifelong Bears fan and. And and Truve, uh, I'm probably old enough to be your father, um, but I was actually I was uh, I was I attended the very last game the Bears played at Wrigley Field when they beat the Packers 35 to 17 uh, in December of 1970, and I was also at the very first regular season game that the the Bears played at Soldier Field in '71 when they beat Pittsburgh. So, uh, you know, I, I got a little uh, longevity on, uh, on these uh, bones, but uh, I've been a Bear fan ever since, uh, you know, li- listening to Bears home games in the basement of uh, our house in Hanover Park uh, near Schaumburg, because back in those days, uh, you, couldn't, uh, you couldn't get a home game. Uh, the home games were blacked out in, uh, in, in the home markets back in the 60s and, and 70s, and I think until the early 80s, as a matter of fact. And in, uh, in an, another ironic thing is the, the stadium is owned by the Park District, and when the Bears first moved to Soldier Field, you couldn't drink beer. Beer was not for sale at Soldier Field back in the 70s. Wow. Wow. How would you then, uh, let me ask you this, uh, how would you feel about it? Well, considering where I live now, I'd be all in favor of it. Uh, I can, I, it would only be, it's a two hour drive for me to get to, uh, to Arlington Park from where I live. I live in, uh, I live in a little town called Monroe in Wisconsin that's directly, uh, it's right on the Illinois-Wisconsin border. Uh, directly north of Freeport, Illinois, and directly south of Madison. So um, it would be a quick two-hour commute for me to get there, and I would be all in favor of it. Fair enough. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, there's, I, I, it was interesting. That it definitely spun sports radio out. They spent a lot of time today on Waddle and Sylvie talking about it, um, you know, and they even had Wilbon on, and uh, he, he Wilbon completely poo-pooed it and just said, you know, that he thinks Soldier Field is great, and he's been to every stadium in the league, and the Bears shouldn't leave Chicago, and yada yada yada. And it's like, yeah, I get all that, but the the 
the area I feel deserves a world-class facility that could host other things like the final four national championship game, whatever. Um, and, or even the Super Bowl, if we had a dome uh, right now, as it is, and I don't think the NFL is going to try any more cold weather Super Bowls, the Bears couldn't even host a Super Bowl because we have the smallest stadium in the league. So as much as I like Soldier Field as part of the museum campus, and I think it's actually, um, you know, turned out to be pretty cool looking uh, after the debacle of the architecture and, and the renovation and everything, it's 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 outdated at this point. It's an old stadium already, uh, and it's only 17 years old. So it's kind of, it you know, if that had to happen, and it wouldn't be for another 13 years at the soonest, uh, I would be personally welcoming of it. You know, it's such a it's such a struggle to get in and out of that stadium, and um, you know, everything that happens in Chicago is just so so challenging you know everybody has to get their piece of it and you know i mean just the struggle for the for the previous lease was such a was such a long and drawn out battle um it just seems like in this the suburbs get get things done a little bit faster you know so i i would be in favor of it personally i mean the, the, you know i kind of view you know and we talk a lot about history on this show but kind of view soldier field where it is now as like a football museum um, instead of like a real modern NFL stadium. And, you know, it'd be nice to, to have both. <laughs> yeah, Drew, here's a, here's an alternative scenario for you. If we're for a new stadium for Chicago. And I've, I've, I don't know if we've talked about it on this show. I know I've talked about it on Twitter. You could move the stadium, tear it down, just level it, build a brand new stadium just to the north in Grant Park. Take all of those. You've got about twice the acreage that uh, where, where Grant Park, you know, between the from from just south of the, the Buckingham Fountain um, all the way down to um, to the Field Museum. Uh, than what the current grounds that, that Soldier Field is sitting on. Build a state-of-the-art stadium, whether you want it domed or a retractable dome, and then when you after you level Soldier Field, make that in the south parking lot. Turn that into, you know, a new Grand Park, and that solves all your problems if you want to keep them in Chicago, because where else are you going to put a new stadium in Chicago? There's there's no acreage to put a stadium where there is in, in Arlington Park. So um, what do you think of that idea? I like it too. You know, uh, the one thing I would, uh, <laughs> the one thing I would mention is when you guys say, uh, and I know you brought up the point about the Super Bowl, but uh, man, I can't, like, I can't get behind the idea of not playing football in the in the elements of Chicago. You know, like there's just something there's something so classical about it where you know you have the snow falling or you have the rain. I, I love football in the elements, and uh, Chicago seems like the perfect place to do that. So when you guys talk about roofs and and domes, it breaks the heart a little bit. But <laughs> I'm just I'm just kidding. But yeah, uh, no, I, I like the idea of rolling. You know, I, I think. So it feels great, and I have the, an affinity for it, and uh, you know nostalgia. But yeah, I think 
building a new stadium, frankly, size, I think, uh, capacity is going to be very important in this next, uh, or whenever they do get a new stadium. Um, I think there are a lot of things they could address in a new attempt. Um, and, and frankly, yeah, I think, I feel like just keeping, keeping, it in, keeping it in the city would have a certain charm to it, but um, the, the logistical challenges are very, are very tough. So, um, well, like I mentioned before, right, like I would definitely, I want to read a little bit more into what the proposal's been uh, you know, coming, coming out regarding the Olympic Park uh, suggestion and, and, and thoughts around it. So um, I don't, that was, a, that was more of a raw uh, reaction to it than, than doing any sort of reading on it. So um, if, I, if I didn't have all the facts, then I, I apologize. That's not a it's not a problem. Anytime you want to collaborate on an article <laughs> about building a stadium just to the north of where they currently are, feel free to reach out to me. I'd love to talk to you more about it. Well, I think uh, the only issue with that plan, Mike, would be I don't know that you'd ever have the city agree to have Grant Park not usable for that amount of time. You know, that's the that's the issue is they they have Lollapalooza there and and Grant Park is now a huge moneymaker for the city. So where would you, where would you hold those events? Well, you know what I mean? Like, I just, like you, it would take so much longer. You'd have to take down old soldier field, build the new thing. Then, you know, I just, I just, yeah. I have a hard time believing they'd go for that. You know, I mean, we couldn't even get the George Lucas thing on the lakefront, which seemed like a great idea. And, and they, well, they, they like, you uh, you hit the nail on the head earlier when you talked about politics in Chicago screwing things up, and that's, <laughs> yeah. that's exactly what happened when when they they the Bears ended up you know shoehorning in the uh, UFO into the the columns of Soldier Field. Um, you know the the biggest problem back then was well we don't want to lose our 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 status uh, of uh, 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 landmark or, or whatever it was. And of course, once the stadium was built, they lost their landmark status anyway. You know, the, the columns were there, but the, that's great. You want to keep the columns, keep the columns, tear everything else down, but the columns on the east and west side of the, of the uh, area and, right. and turn it into a park. As far as Lollapalooza is concerned, use the south lot use the lot you can use the south lot and you can use the lot over by the adler planetarium where people are parking now anyway so you've got those two lots that you can use you've got the east lot so you, there's a there's a boatload of of pavement available to hold those venues while you're building the stadium um drew um last thought uh before we uh we hang up uh, and it's been great having you on board your input's been amazing you know there's some of the there's a, some talk that leaked out today uh in light of uh some of the players especially Ezekiel Elliott coming down or announcing that they've been tested positive for covid and and uh, uh I know the league is they're they're talking about eliminating the first two weeks of the preseason. So you're, the Bears are going to start preseason week three at home against the 49ers, which would be interesting. Uh, but they're now even talking about maybe delaying the start of the year. Uh, and the league did something smart. It, and we've talked about it on a couple of our episodes 
well, you can actually start the season in week five, but only lose two games. And they would do that by taking week one and moving it to the end of the season, the 10th of January, and then just skipping the bye week between the, the, the uh, NFC title game and the Super Bowl. And week two, every single opponent in week two shares the same bye week. So you can move those games into what would have been their bye weeks, have a 14-game schedule. No teams play division opponents in week three and four. So if you had to lose weeks three and four, you still have a 14-game season. You still play all six of your division games. Uh, so that has a, a, a massive effect on uh, on tiebreakers and such going into the league. So I think the league did it right, getting the schedule put out. Um, but I wanted to get your thoughts um, if you have heard anything about a potential delay. Uh, I have not. And, uh, you know, I've seen, I've seen some of this news and I've seen, you know, Ezekiel Elliott's uh, comments, you know, at high level. And, you know, I get the concerns, but, you know, first of all, right, delaying the season by a couple of weeks, I don't think is going to make a huge difference at that point, right? I mean, you either delay until we have a bona fide vaccine or, you know, a week here, a week there in the fall. I frankly don't think it's going to make a big difference. I just, it might just be me, but, you know, I, 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 I can't, I cannot imagine it significantly lowers your chances of contracting COVID when the reality is, you know, the, the activities related to football, tackling, uh, you know, huddling, all this stuff that needs to happen during a game, um, it just, it just, it, it's going to limit itself to contagion anyway. Um, and, and, and the other thing is, right, that, uh, <laughs> like, we knew that there's a, there's a chance and a risk that these players are going to, you know, are going to catch COVID, right? I mean, there's, there's, it's always been known. People may not have like explicitly written it or discussed it, but you know it, it has to have been known. And now, just because players are testing positive, now all of a sudden the league wants to scramble. Like you know what I mean? Like one of my one of my buddies that I follow on Twitter, he uh, he put it really well the other day. It's like you know you know you're gonna go and play in the elements, play in the rain, and then when you get wet, it's like oh now we need a roof, right? Like it, it it's. It's one of those things where, like, I feel like there should be a certain level of acknowledgement as to what the risks are, uh, and you either you either delay or cancel to the point where you have a legitimate uh, way around it, which in this case would be a vaccine that's fully tested, fully vetted, or you do acknowledge the risks. You put in as many you know parameters as you can to mitigate the risk, but acknowledge that there's a risk and that there's a likelihood that players will contract, uh, you know, COVID at some point and, and play on. Um, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's reasonable to um, all of a sudden panicking that, oh my God, players are contracting COVID, what are we going to do? I, I think this should have been knowledge already that it was possible and then be um, I, if the league does want to delay, I don't think a couple weeks here and there in the fall is going to do it. I think they'd have to 
I was just saying, I think that scenario would only play out in an extreme situation. I think the NFL, more than any other league, has just pushed on through, obviously partially because they were in the offseason and other leagues were not, but they seem to have a, you know, nothing stops this train mentality. Um, so I would think that that type of thing would only be enacted, you know, if you had entire teams you know, come down with it and, and, you know, multiple, I would say you'd have to have like half the league, you know, and so maybe in that scenario, it would make some sense to say, okay, we've got to push pause here. Um, you know, and that's sort of, I mean, that would be to me the only way that they would go with something like that. Uh, but as I said, you know, I've said before on this show and, and Twitter and et cetera, there's, COVID is going to be a player in this season. Like it, yep. it's, it is the story of this season cannot be written without that. And there's going to be major players, major teams, ma games that are going to be affected by whether or not players are available due to it. Uh, and so that's just, that's just a reality and how they're going to deal with that is, I think it's just completely fluid. I don't think they, I don't, I mean, at the end of the day, I don't think anybody knows. I don't think anybody knows how to deal with this best. And at this point, we're just at this point where it's like, okay, it's time to move on and figure out what comes next and mitigate the risk as best we can. But, you know, in a lot of, in a lot of ways, sports are going to be the ones that sort of, you know, um, charge out first, I suppose, in a way, uh, and whether that's because of money or what have you, you know, they're going to, we'll see, you know, what happens, um, you know, with football, a lot of people are like, Oh, well, you know, everybody's screwing up. So maybe football won't happen or sports won't happen. And I just feel like it's going to take a lot to get real major cancellations or, um, you know, I mean, it, I, I think you're going to these these leagues there's just too much money they're going to find a way like to Drew's point um until there is a virus um a vaccine for the for the virus or until herd immunity uh, sets in uh, it's going to be it's going to be there and we're going to have to deal with it um you can't uh, you know they're they're going to try to start the basketball season in a bubble and, and keep everybody, um, you know, restricted from from the outside world while they're playing the rest of these games. Hold up in Orlando, um, you, you know. It's, it's the only other thing is infect them all, <laughs> so they get over it. They're immune to it, and we don't have to worry about it. But that's too far. That you know, imagine how brutal the backlash would be if just one person on any one team, even though they're all athletes and uh, we haven't heard of any deaths of, of any athletes because of the virus. We've heard them, they've had it and they've, they've gotten over it. Um, but uh, that's the most bizarre thing I, I saw on Twitter is just expose all the athletes to, to COVID so they can go about their lives after after two or three weeks and be done with this whole scenario. But, uh, you know, to Drew's point, uh, 
until there is a vaccine, this is something we're going to have to deal with, uh, which means there's got to be some changes to the roster. I think, at least for this year, uh, you know, the practice squad with the new collective bargaining agreement uh, was going to go or is going from 10 to 12 this year. And, Drew, there's been talks that uh, um, the, the, the league and the Players Association have talked about expanding that to 16 just in case. Uh, well, I think that, that they have to do more than that. I think they have to, uh, they have, to have free substitutions between the practice squad and the 53-man roster, um, which they, they can do now. Uh, but they're talking about only two moves up to the roster. So you can have 48 people dressed for the games. Hell, make it 53. Make all 53 eligible to dress for this year only. Uh, and then you've got 16 players on your practice squad that can fill in if one or two or four or 16 of the players on your team uh, have tested positive and can't play for the next three or four weeks. We've been visiting with Drew Cole from sportsmockery.com. Uh, he's, I think, uh, the third member of the Sport Mockery team that has visited with us on, here on Halitech Hall. Um, and we'd love to have you back anytime, Drew. Awesome. Thank you guys for having me. It was uh, a lot of fun to talk, uh, you know, Bears and, and football in general. And, you know, I learned a lot from you guys, too. So, you know, really appreciate you having me and uh, look forward to uh, coming, coming on again in the future. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely have you on. So have a great night, and we'll close out the show after you, you uh, leave us. Sounds good. Take care, guys. Appreciate Th it. Thanks, Drew. Really appreciate it. You bet. Take care. Bye. Drew Cole from SportsMockery.com. Uh, what a what a great conversation, Aaron. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, you can follow Drew on Twitter at Drew Cole. That's D H R U V K O U L, and at Sports Mockery. Uh, if you go to sportsmockery.com/author/dcole20 uh, to see some of his writings, uh, he's well worth the follow. He's absolutely amazing at what he does, and we're glad he's now a, uh, a, a guest of the Halitech Hall Show. Uh, so that leads us to the end of this week's episode. We're not going to have enough time to do our segment, our history segment this week, so we apologize for that. Uh, we'll get back into our history segments next week. So uh, that being said, I, I want to thank, of course, my, my producer and editor, and co-host, Mr. Double A himself. And, uh, of course, I want to thank Drew for coming on board. And I can't leave without saying thank you to our sponsor, TickSplits.com. Aaron? Yeah, thanks very much. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We do appreciate it. Um, continue to support us. We, we always appreciate uh, spread the word of the show. And we are looking to, of course, reach 1,000 followers, uh, which will trigger the giveaway for the uh, Tick Splits tickets. So uh, please continue to uh, find new followers and hope so we can do that so we can give away tickets as we did many times uh, last season. Uh, so no, we enjoyed. gave away we gave away tickets to every single home game last year, including the preseason, 
uh, with the exception of the the uh, Packer game, which of course uh, the co-hosts took advantage of those tickets. Compliments <laughs> of TickSplits.com. Uh, so guys, get us to a thousand visitors. We want to give away those tickets, and we'll see you next week. Have a great week, everybody. Stay safe out there.